Long past the hour for quitting labour, amid the smoke-filled haze of the south gate, the after-lodge crew continues to linger in the rubbish of the temple, under the watchful eyes of right-worshipful Grand Censor Bob. Not recognised nor endorsed by any grand or subordinate lodge of regular masons, irregular masons, co-masons, Canadian masons, or internet wannabe masons, they banter on as always. Puffing cigars, drinking stale coffee, making terrible jokes, studying agency law, spreading the intemperance and excesses of digital masonry, and generally disappointing all seven of their podcast subscribers. Do yourself a favour and stop listening now. Only trolls and masochists dare to eavesdrop upon this after-lodge banter. Welcome, Robbie Slate. Guys, I'm, I'm starting the show now. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to episode 173 of the After yeah, Lodge podcast. podcast. <laughs> From this very crowded uh, Google Hangout that we are all hanging out in After Lodge. Uh, this is After Lodge Harlan. And for those of you watching live, I've got this cool little overlay that points out that I am, in fact, the After Lodge sensation. Um, and I'm joined this evening in the After Lodge hangout by uh, Worshipful Producer Bruce. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, the usually around and strangely loyal, like that girlfriend chick on YouTube, uh, Nick of the Harvey Variety. <laughs> gentlemen. Pretty. <laughs> And, Wait, no, uh, that's his line. I need my own line. Hi, we'll do it next time. Howdy, y'all. <laughs> oh, you didn't you send the YouTube link. You said exactly what I, I did. Said I, I sent it, but it was like an hour ago. We'll have to repost <laughs> um, I'm doing that now. We also have uh, Jeff Cartman, who who has come back. I guess. Again. Uh, yeah, and then uh, at the insistence of Mrs. Harlan... Uh, we invited Chris to come back and, and hang out with us. Hello again, Chris. Hello. You didn't think you'd be back so soon, did you? Thank you, Mrs. Harlan. <laughs> and, uh, of course, our, our special guest from the evening, uh, someone we haven't seen in a long time because, you know, he's been ignoring my, my Google messages. Uh, we have the millennial Freemason, Mr. Nick Johnson. Hello, I'm Nick Johnson, past master of Corinthian Lodge number 67 in Big time Farmington, Minnesota. That was like Minnesota. Minnesota. Oh, That's geez. it. There you go. Um, don't I'm you the have a Minnesota? Uh, hey, how's it going? I'm Jesse the Body. 
Now, Nick, the last time you were on the show, you had like this almost like roll of toilet paper that you wheeled out with like all of your titles and organizations and intros and whatnot. Are, are we doing that again? Yeah. It is your will and pleasure. Because <laughs> I, I blocked out like, you know, 30 minutes of showtime for your introduction. No, yeah, go, you, ahead, uh, go ahead and give us all your titles, Nick, or can you even remember them? Uh, hold on, hold on. I got my wallet. So you've got a stack of deuce cards, Bruce. Why <laughs> well, do it, it's like a George Costanza wallet. It's actually kind of painful. Oh, but uh, <laughs> I figured you just had a separate wallet for you know all your deuce cards. Yeah, you know, actually, I knew a guy back uh, back in the day. He actually had one of those wallets that's like for pictures, and uh, he just. Yeah, he opens it up. I'm like, oh, he's going to show me his grandkids. Nope, 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 nope. He's like, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a, an active member of 29 different bodies. I'm like, how? How? Oh, so, Will, you'll notice there's no pictures of a family in this wallet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I'm a past master of, of some lodge somewhere. Um, I'm sure they're proud. <laughs> Well, you know, I I think so. I don't know. They've got my picture somewhere. Probably in the do not let him back in. But uh, let's see. I'm trying to think what else. You know, past stuff of everything else, I guess. So there you go. York Ray AMD. Can I ask how old you are? How are you a past master? How old were you when you were a past master? Let's see. I was, oh, man. That is a good question. 28, 27, 28, something like that. Cool. So, yeah, it was ridiculous um, having to deal with essentially a small business while also going to law school. That was kind of a big mistake, but uh, there you go. Oh, yeah. you, you bring up a good point, though, Nick, about his age. Like, it's it's very hard to tell. Like, if you look at his face, he's got a very young-looking, like, you know, youthful, vigor face. But if you look in his eyes, he looks 94. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yes. That's like, the squint. It's the squint. You're getting old. I can't tell. He yeah. can tell me any age between 12 and 100, and I believe him. Yeah. And I'd be like, you know what? It keeps me youthful. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's 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 what I tell the uh, the the donors of the blood that I bathe in every night. But yeah. uh, other than that, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't know. I, I, I'm involved somewhat in masonry, and I'm also a blogger, and a Former famous podcaster, I guess. So what podcast? Uh, it was called the the Masonic Roundtable. It was Roundtable. Round that sounds stupid. Oh, Round guys. Weird people. It's, it's 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 you know something I guess I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. So how's it going, guys? Awesome. That was the long- we are you, you were wondering how I could ruin an introduction. That's that's how I do it. That is yeah. that's how I do it. <laughs> well, it's it's good to have you back anyway. I mean, it could be worse. We we could have Tony, right? So, where is he? You know, I don't know. I sent him the invite, and then he never responded. So he'll probably show up naked and covered in mustard halfway through. Because as he usually does. What are y'all we talking about? We have had about? a really few busy days at work, and he has apparently got a lot of work he's got to get done in the next two days. So there's no telling. Yeah, he always does. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, so, so Nick, normally when we have a guest who's been on, um, a, a previous time, we have them tell us what they've done since they've been on the show last to update the listeners. So if, if you wouldn't mind, it's only been about two years 
been on. I, I don't it hasn't know been that long. We had Nick on. Uh, it's not even been a year yet. Yeah, it was a sad panda at the last one, so it was kind oh, of a bummer right. show. And I, that's right. Yeah, so I know. I, I'm, I'm a little more lively and youthful now. I think. Uh, I can tell. You you must have uh, very recently done your blood bathing. <laughs> I, I did. It was wonderful. It's very warm. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Uh, that's really disgusting. I'm going to try and get away from that conversation. But, uh, no, I've been uh, kind of busy uh, doing this and that. Um, I, I recently left uh, the Masonic Roundtable. And, uh, you know, I've just been kind of trying to get back into the local scene for uh, Masonry and trying to get back to blogging and everything else like that. So. You do do a fantastic blog. Right. <clears throat> yes. How many how many hits did you get off that newest uh, article you wrote? Uh, oh, Lord, I don't know. A couple thousand, I think. Uh, let's sell out. Let's see. What is it? Uh, about 3,000 hits I'm at right now. So. What is your normal? If you don't mind me asking, I know it's kind of personal. Uh well, it depends. I usually the, the articles themselves top out about uh, ten thousand, so it's probably got another three months, and then it'll probably not get looked at for a while. It's a lot 10, of dudes. Yeah, and uh, I know it's kind of weird. I don't. I, I think it's a lot of a lot of bots. So I'm, I'm really proud of my fans. The uh, the robot. Ah, uh, uh, the Russians. Gallery. The Russians are fantastic, and oddly <laughs> enough, I do get a lot of hits. So. Well, I mean, awesome. this this post was more divisive than usual for you, so you'll probably get above average. No, it wasn't. He he did a post endorsing the After Lodge podcast back when it first started. Doesn't get any yeah. more divisive than that. No, well, no, actually, not correct at all. For everybody uh, is against the podcast. Oh, so that, that's I, true. Okay, yeah, I see what you're saying. Now, there, there's no division there. Fair point. It's usually, it's usually the comments I have to delete every time I post about your show. It. I honestly, I can't even show them. It's it's just disgusting. But uh, you're welcome. Lots of penis. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, too much actually, and it's always an animal. I don't know why, but uh, <laughs> it's bizarre. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh man. I can't. I can't go there on the show anymore. We're we're all proper and family friendly now. <laughs> That's, That's right. True. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> I feel long to your divisive post. Sorry, don't mind me. Yeah, yeah. Playing host. I'm very, I'm very appreciative of this. This is pretty good. You're doing a good job. I'm just letting you know, you're you're really getting this thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Coming from you, that means a lot. Yeah. <laughs> As a retiree, I really appreciate your work. Harlan's going to go to bed and be like, "Honey, we did it." I got Nick's approval. Not that Nick, the other Nick. <laughs> no, 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 the other Nick. No, not that Nick. The other. The guy. Never mind. Just go to bed. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I guess I should talk about about my post because you know I'm, I'm I think that's probably why I'm here. Uh, so I wrote a post called "The Elitist Inside," and it was uh, fairly divisive considering I. Uh, uh, Positive this idea. The whole fraternity. Yeah, deplorable. pretty much. It was deplorable. I, I I felt disgusting writing it. Um, Enjoyable, not deplorable. 
Enjoyable. <laughs> I, I was impressed that that you had the cojones to uh, to put that to paper, if you will. And then I felt guilty on last week's show, which we haven't posted yet, so you wouldn't get the the me owning up to it joke. But I had to follow your example and and grow some cojones and and admit that I'm an elitist. Well, so you know, welcome it, to Elitist Anonymous. You know, it, it's 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 a hard club to join. The dues are very high, as you can imagine. Uh, but, but you know, I, I I should preface what what happened. I there was a there was a situation uh, at the local level um, involving a lodge, and it was just I, I was shocked a little bit in in which the way the brothers um, were trying to divvy up the costs of a lodge, and it was and it was one of those that I was sitting there thinking to myself that. You know, a lodge is, for all intents and purposes, a not a business, but an organization, right? And it's an organization that needs not just funds, right? But it needs the full swath of people available in the community to actually take a part in it. And for, I don't know how, how long, very long, I guess, um, we have been driving downward, not in a bad way, but in a way in which we are, we are collecting so many from one, uh, uh, from a certain strata, that we're, we're not capturing the entire uh, group of people. And I, I think that it's, you know, and, I, and the way in which I wrote it was very obviously shock jock, um, you know, controversial. But, you know, I, I think the, the underlying issue is still the same, which is that we are, we are not capturing the entire community. Um, in any given um, area, and because of that, we're uh, seeing ourselves disappear just through irrelevance. So, yeah, no, I could uh, I could buy into that. How the the one percent, if you will, has a zero percent presence. Yeah, well, and, and even going down the five percent, ten percent, you know, and it's you know, and and you know, it's one of those that it is. It's an uncomfortable subject to talk about because um, when when you're saying that we're not capturing one, then the assumption is, are we not capturing? Are you know, are are you saying I'm not good enough, right? And that's that's absolutely, you know, the other side of the coin on that one, on that one, right? Is well are my efforts not being valued properly in this organization? Is that what you're trying to say? And you know, that, that was pretty much every comment that was, that was against the post and including the rebuttal post that I, uh, um, that I had, uh, written by a very good brother in Ohio, uh, on the other side. So I, you know, I, you know, I, it's, it's a divisive issue and, you know, I, I think it was something that we need to talk about, you know, no, I uh, I would concur. That's a so uh, in the bygone era, we we didn't have these sort of problems because there were brothers of a caliber that could just you know help handle them. Um, and by caliber, I mean you know financial ability. But there's there's also this this twisted notion that I get in a lot of the reactionary comments and posts and IRC conversations that almost like Freemasonry is a zero-sum game, that when you talk about how we should be inculcating more of one group, you are just inherently excluding everyone else. 
Um, and, and when you emphasize, like in your post, you made examples. And those examples were immediately taken as, well, these are the only people that can be Freemasons. And I didn't see that at all, but I think that's because I'm part of that minority of guys that often feels like uh, maybe my kind would be better off if we were just squeezed out. What kind is that? The, the elitists. Um, you know, that's it, it's something that, that happens in my own lodge from time to time that kind of eats at me, but I've never had the balls until Nick got them to uh, speak out about it. So, so what does the rest of the crew think? How bad you want to be, beat me up? I liked it. The only thing I disagreed with was I, I think that we're all on the level and we should all pay the same dues. Other than that, I couldn't agree more. I, I liked everything about it. So when you say the same dues, do you mean a flat Twelve hundred. Whatever you pay, I pay. Hundred dollars. We all pay a hundred dollars. Then so, that's not on the level. We're on the level. Then but why would it not be a percentage? Yeah, that's. Well, uh, it's, it's a heck of a lot more theories. than hundred dollars. Yeah, and and you know it comes down to two theories, right? It comes down to a percentage, you know, whereby everybody is making a different income. Therefore, the fairest way to do it is a percentage, right? On the other side, it's everybody is a single shareholder of this thing known as a lodge, right? And so each share should have one single vote, right? And so that's that's the constant problem that you always have when you're trying to figure out, should we do a tithe method or should we do a share method? And, you know, both of them have their advantages, you know? I mean, you're, you're not kicking one guy out, you know, I look percentage at it, one. I look at it as a, uh, like a shareholder type of way. Um, because I kind of feel like if, if you start basing it off of percentages, now everybody in the lodge or at least certain people know what everybody's making, yeah, it can bring animosity. Oh, why does he only pay $300 and I have to pay $1,000? You know, this way it's all across the board. Nobody are, you can't really argue it. And this is what it is. We all have our part in paying for the lodge that we're all a part of. Yeah. You know, I was thinking after our last show, uh, when we keep we always go down this rabbit hole of old people on fixed income, etc. Um, the theory goes that Freemasonry is the type of institution that is of more value to you as you get older, and even even when you're on the fixed income, the older guys. Uh, where, where I'm going with this is the membership model in most synagogues is actually kind of counterintuitive in that it's based on your age and you pay more as you get older, which sounds counterintuitive in masonry, but I really don't see why it's not the same thing. Because the thought process is when you get older and you're retired, you're deriving more enjoyment and opportunity out of being a member of a lodge. And so that they just do it. Your your dues creep up the longer you've been in, almost like an automatic increase, like a three percent dues increase every year. Well, you could actually assume that that actually is occurring anyway, because you know when you start off in masonry, you are at the blue lodge level, 
and you're continuing to pay the exact same amount, but you start to add things in. You know, I want to be a part of the shrine. I want to be in the Scottish Rites. And so essentially you're doing that anyway. You're just spreading across multiple organizations instead of just the Blue Lodge. Yeah, but and that, for those things. been my experience. I've It seems like I pick up a different dues card every year. <laughs> At least one. So <laughs> I feel like the dues thing has been... It's a dead horse, and we could get back to that. But there were so many other things that you had wrote that's worthy of discussion. Well, pick one, um, Nick. What would you like to talk about? Gosh, I don't know. There's so many things I disagree with. Oh, <laughs> just a <laughs> uh, the, the battle of the myth. Let's yeah. see. Let's start throwing I, things out. So that... Well, the minimum age to increasing the minimum age of, to petition. Why? Like, what's the reason I, behind that? Sure. That's a good, actually, that's a good starting point. Um, so I joined at the age of 20. Yeah. And so I joined at the age of 23. Uh, at the time, I was still going to school, still preparing for my career. Um, and I noticed that because I was so active, and this obviously is on me, right, uh, that I wasn't focusing on my career as much as I could have, right? <laughs> Ultimately, I figured it out, right? But it took me a few years longer to figure it out. And I'm starting to think that maybe that's the biggest thing that we could do for our members is allowing them to grow into a early adult manhood, right? And within that, they prepare themselves to become a Mason. And the way in which I said it was in this, in this article, I, I said it in a way where we want the stones taken from the quarry, we don't want to have to quarry the stones, you know, and at the age, at the age of 18, you are definitely still a stone in the quarry. You are definitely not ready to be a Freemason. You're barely able to call yourself an adult. And I think that oh. we do a disservice to these new Masons to have them learn, you know, that's why I waited so. till 34 to become a Freemason. I, I don't know that, that you're older than I thought you can fix an age to something like that because I can think of several 16 year old gentlemen who are much more fit and ready to become Freemasons than many of the 60 year old members who are. They slipped in. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're saying to prepare themselves for masonry. A, they can't be prepared for something if they don't know what they're preparing for. Uh, B, age means nothing, and like uh, I think Bob the Davis, that's what Nick tells Bob all high Davis, school girls. Uh, told me in a conversation we had one time was uh, there's a difference between boys, guys, and men, and we can't just say, oh, if you want to, you have to wait till you're this age, and then you'll be good to go because, like Harlan said, there's plenty of Masons I've met who are still children. Um, and there's plenty of young guys who are have a ch- yeah. Okay, so I'd like to ask if we're going to put a number to it, what would the number be in your opinion, Nick? I would say twenty-five. Um, That's exactly what I was thinking. Hell yeah! Yeah, yeah and it's when insurance companies have done all of the hard work in making actuary tables, and that's what they would say too. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and, well, and the reason what's why. What's the difference, though? Like, what's 
what's wrong with a 21 year old that a 25 year old isn't nothing absolutely I, nothing i couldn't really <laughs> explain it but i think i, I would have i was more ready at 25 than i was at 21 or 18 i mean i would have i think it would have maybe done me good if i joined early but I don't know if I would have gotten as involved at 18 as I did, you know, when I'm an adult, I'm not worrying about college anymore. You know, I, I can focus my time into, you know, participating in lodge, participating in the activities of lodge. I think I was, I know more mentally, more mentally mature to absorb things. Mm. See, I could agree with that. I definitely wasn't ready. Like at 21, I was doing everything I could to not grow up still. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I mean, it just kind of is what it is. At, at 21, I, I, just getting out of the military, I, hanging out with my buddies all the time. I had no tie downs, nothing. Um, I, I'm much better able to learn now. I, I can sit down. I can devote the time that I need to now, and I can be the productive member of the lodge that I want to be and that I should well, be. That's the thing, though, is you can't – if you try to explain that to a 21-year-old, like they are currently the wisest they've ever been. Like you, you can't if, – if there was some way they could look at it 10 years in the future, they would say, well, yeah, <laughs> no, it's like there's no way I was ready. But in their well, mind, they are. Well, and, and to be fair to your point, Nick, I think you actually make a good point on this. And, you know, the, the concept of a minimum age is arbitrary in and of itself, right? You're, you're, you're picking a number. It's arbitrary. And you're right. There are guys that are going to be 18, 19, 20, 21 that are absolutely ready. I can honestly say I was ready to be a Freemason in terms of my intellect my my ability to absorb the lessons, my ability to serve as a leader within my lodge. I was absolutely ready. But I think that I was ready then, and that doesn't change the fact that I would still be ready at the age of 25. I think it's the... It, it's it's just an arbitrary number. I and you know that's the that's the issue with it. I mean, in our lodges, you know, in, in Minnesota, it's 18 years old. Uh, there's a few jurisdictions left that are still 21. In the Swedish Rite, the age is 24, um, and in the UK, it's based off of, if I remember correctly, if you're in the university scheme, so they're drawing off of people that go to university, they can join at the age of 18 if they participate within the university scheme. Um, and so, uh, you know, as you can see, there's a swath of all these different arbitrary numbers. But I think what the difference is, is that the guy who's 18 who is ready is hopefully going to still be ready by the time he hits 24 to actually join. Now, as you point out, there's a lot of man-children that do exist in our lodges, guys that have humor that uh, isn't appropriate. Well, really not appropriate in the 1950s. So, you know, <laughs> so... Basically, no, you make an excellent also, point, Nick. Let, let me try asking you this, Nick. Why, like, what does the guy who is able to join at 21 gain from joining four years earlier versus what the fraternity has to lose from letting guys in too early who are not ready to join? Like, do you, do you really think that that's the greater good there? Who are you talking to? Which one of us? 
I'm talking to you because you're disagreeing with him. And, and yeah, I agree. Talking to me. You're going to have to say J or H. Yeah. Two face. Two face. <laughs> All right. So now that I'm listening, what, what, oh, what is the person? What does the person get by joining younger? I think masonry is a great way for young guys. Look, it, the guys who join masonry, <clears throat> a, a good percentage of them are socially awkward. They don't have a lot of friends. They kind of are just weird guys. That's a big percentage of us. And the younger guys are even more strange. And masonry kind of gives us a way, like, you kind of got to hang out with each other, at least for a little while, a couple, t a couple nights a month. Nights a month. For me personally, when I was younger, you continue on. We prefer esoteric to weird. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so great! It's not weird that I have a wicked altar in my house. It's not weird, bro. I just upgraded my wicked altar. <laughs> I got the wicked altar three thousand. Oh man, did that come with the the automatic purple candles? Art de Horus told me it would be awesome. So I those, those aren't candles. Candles don't vibrate. That's <laughs> oh man. It vibrates the universe. Set the frequency. Anyway, when <laughs> anyway. I was so the, there's a when if we're comparing to each other when we were this age, I think the earlier we can get guys who don't know what they're doing in life, who haven't been taught a lot of how to do life as an adult. I think okay, masonry okay. is a great oh, stop, way. Stop, stop, Let me stop you right there. Those guys are not ready to be Freemasons. Why? You just said they don't know what they're doing in life. If they, they don't, don't know, know themselves, If well they don't enough, know how to adult, I think, is, is the phrase. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, also... How, um, how, how is that guy ready to join in your mind? I'm, I'm not, I'm, now, I'm not saying the fraternity can't help that guy. Cause sure, that's true. I just well, I'll, I def I'll defend. I don't think he's ready to, to join. I'll 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 maybe I'll, I'll try and re re uh, uh, restate your position in a way, is that there there is within Freemasonry, this concept of advancement, progressive science, the the idea of of teaching, right, and mentorship is absolutely key. And so, at least with what uh, Nick is describing, and, and correct me if I'm uh, off base on this, but you know, there, there's an opportunity for a lot of these guys to experience mentorship um, because they might have the the qualities that we are looking for in a mason, but they don't necessarily have the ability to exercise those qualities to their fullest effect. Fantastic, is that close? I, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I just argued with myself. So, yeah, I uh, think yeah, no, that's great. What 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 he said? Yeah, at least somebody understands what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it's a great way people join stuff to figure out who they are, to figure out how to do life. Right? And masonry is a great way for, in my opinion, for men who for guys will say or young men uh to join somewhere and kind of get an idea of how to do life uh, in my opinion but raising the minimum age i don't that, like you said it's so arbitrary it means nothing 
And then what? So fine. So we raise the H to 25, and then we extend Demolay to 24 or something. Sure. Demolay? Demolay? <laughs> Have you not watched the Youth Groups episode? Hello, child. Speaking of your on. Yeah, there was a red. <laughs> what? what just I don't know. <laughs> that hey, was. Please tell me that is like a child of yours instead of some random kid walking through. There's okay. somebody right Wait. next to you. Well, let, let me tell you, I'm no. getting all these hits right now saying future Demolay, future Demolay. No, there leave him go. alone. <laughs> oh, look, it's a, a little name. <laughs> At least somebody knew who he was. <clears throat> <laughs> but but if you were to say, all right, we extend DMLA to 24, and then we make the minimum <laughs> age 25, I'd be okay with that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Least... And, and, you know, that's the thing. It's like uh, in Boy Scouts, they have a – the the uh, uh, venture scouting actually goes until 21. So you can actually extend your scouting career past into your 20s, and I know a number of people who actually do. So, you know – the Again, with the youth groups themselves, the, the the age in which you're officially done is arbitrary. You know, it's, it's whatever has been decided. So. All right, with the Darth Vader thing. All right, that was Chris inhaling his vape. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you know, the show works so much better with like the the video feed. You can really hear that. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Quite well. <laughs> Google heard it and made your, your video like the central frame because it thought you were talking. Everyone <laughs> was watching you do that, Chris. Yes. Awesome. It All right, Nick. Yeah. See, uh, Mike, down then. Mike in the uh, – I can't say your last name. It starts with an H. Sorry, bro. It's too hard. He was saying uh, – he said the same thing. The 18-year-old needs the Fellowcraft degree. The history of the Fellowcraft degree was for guys who didn't know that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was also the final degree in Freemasonry. Yeah, the Fellowcraft degree was Dude. the degree that made you a part of the craft. Guys, I accidentally said that one time to a bunch of guys who really, really, really thought we did some stuff that we say we did. And they were like, the Master Mason degree has always existed. <laughs> yes, like, I love those people. I'm like, hold on, hold on. How, how long do you, like, how many years do you think it's existed? So, at and, least 2,000. I'm like, oh, geez. I'm Jeff, this right Jeff now. you recall <laughs> at, at Grand Lodge um, last year when we were arguing about letting lodges open on the EA degree if they so choose, you know, like the master yes. to be able to do that. How silly. Um, and, and one of the more informed brethren got up to speak about how knowledgeable he is about Masonic history and spends all his time studying these things. And he doesn't think we should be able to do this because if there's one thing we know about the ancient operative brethren, it was that they sure as hell didn't let entered apprentices sit in their lodge and vote. Only master masons were allowed to vote. Yeah. And, and um, then, and then yeah. there's just a crowd of us on the sideline, like falling out with laughter because you just couldn't oh, help it. Well, oh, and, and you know, whenever you hear them say something like, you know, whenever you hear somebody say, yeah, we've practiced the Master Mason degree for blah, blah, blah years. My question always is the same. Which one? Which one? There's... Yep. <laughs> you know, I mean, we even have actual written documentation of two of them uh, <laughs> with the supposition of the third. So, which one? <laughs> they still do one of them in Louisiana, don't they? Uh, they do actually. So, the, the Ecosite masonry it's french masonry right actually it's spanish translated and french translated into english right 
But from what I understand when we chatted with somebody from there, it's actually the modern ritual that then was uh, mixed up and swirled around with a lot of French, fun, esoteric, fire-breathing, cool stuff. And so that's why they have the awesome Scottish Rite. Albert Pike and the Scottish Rite. Uh, yeah, that's because he took it from them. <laughs> like, hey, we're going to take all this Frenchy stuff and just kind of mix it in here. That? Yeah. French is a yeah. party. <laughs> um, so I asked a few people about uh, your th- uh, third point where you said uh, sure. examine a petitioner for fitness by asking him where he is in his life. If he is just starting out, he is not ready. We are the shapers of stone, not the miners. And I got a really interesting response. One gentleman yeah. said, and he kept going back and forth on whether I could. On whether I could uh, give credit to him or not, so I'm pretty sure we left off with "Don't give me credit." Uh, but he said the quip is cute, but wrong. It is not masonry, but individual masons who shape their own individual st- stones into living, into inner temples worthy of containing the glory of God. It is masonry as a whole, which is the minor. Uh, picking out the stones worth shaping and then helping that person learn how to shape their own stone. No mason can shape another man's, another mason's stone. You have to do it yourself with mentors. I want it to so bad, but I won't. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah, those mentors are other masons. Like that of dude course. contradicted himself. Yeah. We, I, we shape the stone ourselves by being among other men who are also doing that. Right. Yes. And also the, the working tools of masonry do not include the pickaxe, the chisel, the, the wagon sled or whatever, um, or any of the other tools that were used to hew stone from the quarry. Right. Don't they have yeah, one? We save that for other fun degrees. Um, kind of eating the <laughs> metaphor to death at this point, right? Well, you know, it's, 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 you know and I, yeah, I mean, you know, it was one of those you know, it's one of those quips that I made up. But, uh, you know, I, I sit there and I think to myself, and maybe I am going to beat this dead horse, but, you know, I was thinking about it as, you know, we, we talk about the rough ashlar, right? But we use the term ashlar. Ashlar being an already hewn cut of, of stone from the quarry. Um, and it's rude and in imperfect state. It, it's rude and imperfect, but it is it, it is essentially devoid of major defects it's not carrying fissures it's not falling apart it's not um breaking apart and you know i i think that the only thing i would actually have an issue with with that one is it's this idea that it's not the masons that are helping other masons to become better at it it's that we are as a lodge organization presenting these philosophical tools throwing them into the hands of the person and saying here you work with them I'm out of here, right? And and I don't know if that's necessarily what we've ever been about. I mean, we've always had this benevolence within the membership construct. You know, I mean, that's the whole reason why we have a concern about Cowans and eavesdroppers. Cowans being the people that would come in, pretend that they are themselves a Freemason to press upon the Lodge their needs and try to have them met uh, by some kind of fraud. Um, and so I don't know. I... I think I think 
that maybe it isn't necessarily that we aren't the miners, right? That there is somebody still breaking off those stones. Um, but there is the supposition that the men that are coming here are already of a certain level of quality, that they are not here to be, you know, found and, and saved, but they're already, they've already saved themselves, and now they're looking to be better bettered by their fellow man, by the special, particularly their brothers. So I don't know. I mean, I, I take some issue with that, but I agree with some things that he's saying. Mm. So I don't know. So, you know, if you think about it, and Bruce, let me know your thoughts on this. Would you say the investi investigation committee gets uh, brings the rough stones into the lodge? Huh. I don't know what your investigation committees do because ours don't do squat. That was so good. That I, is an I, absolutely perfect response. You know, it's it's you, yeah, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I, I, mean, I, I think that's really true. Like the investigative committees need to do a bit more. Um, if you don't put an arbitrary number to it, if you don't say, oh, 21 or 25, you really need to put some guys on the investigative committee that are going to do their jobs and seriously look into the person, sit down, have a conversation with them and make sure that they're ready. And you kind of have to leave it up to their better judgment. And, you know, sometimes they have to tell the candidate like, Hey, we feel that you're not ready at this point, you know, try back in a year or two or, you know, something like that. Um, I feel like all too often the investigative committee is like, oh, he checks out. He's got a job. You know, he's, he's doing all right in life. He's not crazy. You know, let him in. As I've always put it, check cleared, check cleared. Let's go. You know, I mean, that's that's the mm -hmm. sad part. I mean, it's like the background check cleared, the check cleared. We're good to go. And, you know, this is this is what I've been, you know, I'd, somebody somebody got really, really harsh on me about this idea of, you know, that we are an elitist society, that we only take, you know, this idea of, you know, an excellent quality of man, right? And I, and I was thinking about it, and I said, you know, it takes two guys to, at least in my state, and I should say this is jurisdictional, it takes two guys to personally know a petitioner in in an in, in, in a ideal world. It takes two men to know him, three men to investigate him, right? So that means three more guys from the lodge personally meeting him, and then an entire lodge voting unanimously for this petition to be accepted. I mean, I can't imagine another system whereby the idea of excellence is more broadly defined. I mean, it's you, you have five, you have a minimum five people that have personally met him and have hopefully investigated into his fitness. And then an entire lodge that is then uh, asked to unanimously accept that person. You know. And, of course, the process is there, but, I mean, let's be honest with ourselves here. How many people from the Lodge are just going to follow what those five men or three men or two men say? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's the problem is now it's now it's a numbers game. We're driving the numbers up to try and keep costs low. I mean, that's essentially what it is. You know, I mean, it's, it's supply-side Freemasonry, so. That's kind of part of the problem is that it's a numbers game. Um, honestly, um, I, I kind of feel like if a couple lodges have to merge, if some have to close, like it is what it is. We need quality over quantity. 
I don't want just anybody in the lodge. I want people that I can learn from and that I can help mentor and stuff. You know, people that are actually going to be a return on the investment, if if I may. You know, um, it it it, it sucks. It, 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 you know, we just let anybody in at times. I feel. Um, I know for me personally, I didn't even have an investigative committee come out and talk to me. Nobody talked to my wife or my family, it, it, nothing. I put in my application, I paid a fee, and then next thing I know, I got a phone call saying, hey, come on down for your first degree. I mean, that's not right. That's not right at all. That's not how this is supposed to work. Well, and, and, and it seems to be pulling into the culture of the I want it now. You know, and I, and I think that's what it is. I mean, we're trying to paper over our numbers by, you know, we've raised X number of guys, so we've collected this number of fees. And see, we're papering it down. We don't have to we don't have to raise dues. We don't have to worry about that we don't have enough guys. And, you know, at the, at the same time, you're watching this revolving door of guys who come in and say, wow, this is, this is exactly what I expect for $45, and then walk right out the door again. Right. And, and, you know, I mean, it's a, it, and, and the worst part is you get stuck in this value proposition, you know. It's like, well, I'm not willing to pay $45 for this experience. And then the person who's, you know, then the lodge doesn't have that extra money to be able to provide something more than $45. You know, it's just a cycle that finally just sends the lodge to a vortex of death. So, hmm. Vortex of nice death. Nice way to word it. I like that. You're full of quips, <laughs> aren't you, Nick? I know. Well, you know, <laughs> so here's what happens when you're a blogger. <laughs> so here's a question then. So yeah. going into Freemasonry, all that I knew going into it was, hey, my grandfather, my father leave one day a week, you know, two, three weeks a, a month. And I always looked up to my grandfather. He was always looked highly upon through the members uh, by the members of his community. My grandfather's a good dude. Obviously, if he's doing this, this must be be something that a good man does but that's all that i knew about freemasonry so i i feel like for lack of a better term maybe we need to market it so people kind of see what they get out of freemasonry but at the same time um like they do need to pay their dues to get in like i'm not against paying the money to get in but at the same time it shouldn't be a total mystery um I'm not saying we need to let them know everything that's going on, but I mean, we need some sort of happy median. So like, what are your thoughts and opinions on that? Because as of right now, it's, we kind of go in blind, you know, you just take a chance. It's a gamble. Absolutely. And it's a gamble that we're dropping two or $300 on, you know, it's a, it's a product we're buying sight unseen. And that should be one of those immediate understandings by the lodge that somebody you know, if we are going to think about this as a business, and I'm getting sick to my stomach, you know, thinking about it, that it's something. Amen. Don't, basis amen. Don't, <laughs> but don't piss me off, bro. I, we're on the same page <laughs> yeah. with that, man. Yeah. And, you know, that's the thing is, you know, this is a product that is sight unseen, right? You are going into it exactly as you said, blind, right? And, you know, yes, Jason, I know it. And Masonic education does start before the petition is received. So the value proposition isn't blind. That's what Jason said. And, um, and he's absolutely right. I mean, we do do a poor job of, of, um, of getting these guys prepared. You know, we cash their check and we're ready to go. And the lodge doesn't provide a quality experience. 
and you know the guy looks around and says i bought i paid two hundred dollars and then expected to pay it monthly or yearly for this i'm good to go you know and that's a thing and you know they just leave and it's because we don't start our own our own valuing of the of the experience on day one and it just creates a, a culture of of garbage you know I think but, I mean like like that that's on that guy. Once once he's brought in, once he's raised, he is now the lodge. He yeah. no no he's not. No. No he's not. No. He's only one hand. <laughs> he's only one Yeah. See that I I disagree because I had to sit out of lodge. I had no part in anything other than my proficiency for basically 6 months until I was raised a master mason. So yeah, so, but I, yeah. I still had to pay the $500 up front. So what am I seeing in return? Nothing but a bunch of work on my part. And, you know, I get nothing from the lodge in return except for I have to stand in front of a bunch of guys that I don't know other than a little bit of pre-meeting conversation. And that's it. Okay. And, so there, and he, oh, yeah. there's, like, yeah. there's like 20 things wrong with the experience you had as you described it. Uh, but to go back to what no it is they should have done this they should have done that you should have did this they did that agreed that's that's a whole nother episode now uh, hold, hold on Nick before you respond I, I didn't mean it such that, that like the guy knows that because obviously right. he doesn't of course he doesn't know anything right um, to your experience uh, Bruce uh, or to what you said Bruce um, oh, I don't know Nick typed something and now I'm confused on what the heck he was talking about and now I lost. I know, I know you're losing your train of thought, but you know, here, here's okay. So I'll I'll take an example from another Grand Lodge. All right, so the Grand Lodge of the Philippines, right? They actually, when they have a new candidate coming in, right, a new guy who hasn't even petitioned at this point, right, what he does is he actually is required to wash the bottles and feed the and feed the brothers for an entire year. He is absolutely introduced into every aspect of the working lodge outside of the door. He is turned into that part of the lodge. Now, obviously, that is something as menial as washing dishes, right? But okay, he I think is, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Well, you know, but at the same time, guess what? They also have the highest, the highest retention rate because those guys have earned that spot. Um, and obviously, it's it's, you know... I, I can understand why you're putting those guys to work. Um, and now that you put value into it yourself outside of the dollars that you spent, you're going to stick around. I, I think more and more I mean, lodges... Sorry, go ahead. Finish your thought. Yeah, No, no, no. I was, I was all done. So. I think more and more lodges who don't open up on a lesser degree, and it, it hurts me. I know it's very mean to say. It, it does hurt me to say it. I think we give people this, oh, this ancient and honorable fraternity, turn on the smoke machine, and it's like, wow. And then they go through their degrees, and each degree, and they're not allowed to sit in lodge in most of these states, Massachusetts, you can, of course, because we're amazing. Uh, but they're not allowed to sit in lodge, and they have to come to dinner, and then they have to leave. And then a couple months later, they have to come to dinner, you know, they have to uh, do their proficiency, get their fellow craft, and then go through this whole thing, they get to lodge, and then they have to leave. And then they sit in lodge, and I've heard stories from people who don't come back. I call them and say, why haven't you been at lodge, bro? Just, just tell me the truth. What's going on? He goes, bro, I did not pay $500, $300, $600 
to hear a bunch of grown men argue and to hear have to hear what they argued about last time I was here and they were arguing about something. And he that's goes, that when is- you ask that guy, what did you pay it for? They paid because we sell this mm-hmm. ancient and yeah. honorable What do we sell? I've never experience. sold anything. It's every. It's, you, you, you do. You yeah. sell it. No, I mean that's 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 just Bruce. the inherent downside of being a quote unquote secret society. Yeah, Bruce. Now, like uh, there are just as many upsides, but that is a downside. Okay, Bruce. So if you possibly... were going when you were going to join, right? You had yep. everybody has the same. I would say almost everybody has the same like mystical. Who are these guys? Oh, and then someone's going to sit you down and say, "Look, here's what we're going to do. Okay, we're going to do three degrees. You're going to think they're amazing. Okay, you're going to put a lot of work into it. You're going to be very proud of yourself. That time you come after your third degree, here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about what we did the night you were raised. Okay, that's called reading the minutes. Then we're going to vote if we need to pay the light bill or not." After that, we're going to have a dude stand up and tell you that George Washington was a Mason. I know you know that. We're going to tell you 46 times this year. After that, we're going to argue about whether we should replace the light bulbs with LED light bulbs or not because those are white and the old ones are yellow, so it's going to look different. And then are we going to change all the light bulbs throughout the whole lodge or just the lodge room? And who's going to pay for that and what Mm -hmm. it's going to cost? And brother so-and-so's grandfather paid for those light bulbs in 1600, Mm -hmm. and they're still building. If someone would have told you that, would you? Bye. And that's what masonry is these days for 99% of lodges. Maybe not 99, for a large percentage of lodges. And it, and it goes right back to that vortex of death. You know, it's you, you get a, a cheap experience, so you're not willing to pay for it, and then it stays cheap, and therefore it spins and spins and spins all the way until it becomes irrelevant. So Absolutely. Which, what you need then is a brother who really likes to hear himself talk. And then you get the master to whore said brother out for the infotainment <laughs> of the lodge so that then they keep coming back. So far, meeting. you're 100% spot on for our next meeting. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Please continue. Uh, for yeah, everybody um, listening, Harlan. On uh, last week's show, Nick, I kind of set myself up, so... This is all your fault, by the way. Is good. I was yelling at other Nick, uh, Nick Jr., about um, how he he goes on about you know the lodge reads minutes and argues about light bulbs and talks about George Washington and um, he's not going to fork over that kind of money to his lodge unless they're delivering something of value to him. And I kept going back to yeah, but. But that's on you. Like you're part of the lodge, so you deliver something of value. And then I made this whole man up gesture at the end of the show. He got real tall. <laughs> he got real tall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so then Bruce says, "Perfect. Um, you can do the educational thing in our next lodge meeting." So, yes, sir. And he's like, you're damn right I'm going to do it. And it's going to be amazing because I don't care. I'm an elitist. Thank you, Nick. I got a pair of balls now. <laughs> you said all of that because oh, it was a week ago and it's not now. But unfortunately, now it's now. Yes. So. Yeah. And our next lodge meeting is in, uh, in about a week. So. Yeah. so, Man, I wish I could sit in on that meeting. Oh, it's, so, it's going to be great. I'll, I'll let you know huge. how it goes, Chris. It's going to be huge. Was Thomas huge. Jefferson amazing? 
that's a very good all question. The Masons tell me, all the Masons tell me all the time. I'm the best Mason. I do all the Mason stuff. Y'all are going to be so educated when you leave. You're going to be so educated you won't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to build a wall. It's going to be so good. It's going to be right outside. Oh, you, know? you haven't it's seen gonna, the temple. We're going to guard the West Gate. You know, it's, it's going to be huge. It's going to be lovely. You know, I don't know what the deal is. Why are you laughing at me? You know, I love this place, you know? There's going to be a, gate, a door on the gate. <laughs> Why oh. do they make these podiums? <laughs> oh. Do we talk about the millionaires and the billionaires ruining the, the budge of the United States of America? Okay. Excuse me, that went too far. Don't you ever make fun of Bernie, okay? You have a libertarian <laughs> in front of him. What do you, I am not insulting Senator Bernie Sanders. He is the greatest Mason who ever lived. Wait. <laughs> how, how, did, how did that guy get in a lodge? Oh, Harlan, I'm so confused right now. What's happening? Don't you dare make have a Bernie job Sanders. until his forties. Like I know he couldn't pay for fees. He moved oh. off his oh. for the first forty years of his life. You guys oh, said Harlan the cash check checked out, and even though I was an atheist and I told them so, they said you are welcome. Where there's a will, there's a way. Well, he can't be an atheist. He's Jewish. He told us he's Jewish. <laughs> can't be an atheist. Yeah. I'm a lot of things. Yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, don't, don't, don't get me going. I might get Nick to start crying. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, man. So uh, I have something that um, David Riley wrote, and I think it's a great transition into your next point. He goes, it is true that we drew more from the wealthy and the influential sectors of society than we do today. But I suspect that if you averaged the wealth <clears throat> and equalized it for time, you'd find things haven't changed that much. While we may not attract the great men, our society has less extreme poverty and less extraordinary wealth, although some economists might suggest that we're heading back to the Victorian mode of operation. Whatever that means. Uh, what has changed I mean, back in, in the day when this a is a good point number of people had all the money <clears throat> he goes what has changed is the love of the fraternity is the love that the fraternity inspires in part you can blame this on the number of options for entertainment a man may have it's much easier to stay at home and watch television than it is to put on the suit and head to lodge um men returning from world war ii i hate the world war ii stuff we'll skip that i think the difference is that now we have this comma <laughs> society with too many rules. I love how you can just pick and choose. I'm sorry. Go oh. ahead, Nick. Isn't that what libertarians do all the time? No. Well, and I don't think that's what David Wright. No. We don't, actually. We want all of your freedom all of the time. Oh. Anyway. <clears throat> um. I don't You're think David him. would appreciate you uh, ad hoc pulling from his writings. I'd like to interrupt here and go to this World War II thing. Like you see a lot of uh, – I would like a to lot not of, go on the World War II thing. Well, I'm going to interrupt and go there anyway. But uh, you see a lot of guys that came back from the World Wars and stuff and joined like motorcycle clubs and stuff because they were looking for other guys. They were looking for that bond that they had in the military. And I, I feel like that's part of why we had the boom in masonry was because guys were looking for that brotherhood. And – I think we may have kind of lost something in that. I feel like masonry may have kind of lost something because it came sh 
strictly about brotherhood and less about other things. And that's kind of all I got to say. Thanks for letting me interrupt. Thank you. Um, <laughs> no, it's always glad. No, it's always glad to be reminded of something I've heard a thousand times. Tell me about your question. So after World War II, you're welcome. George Washington became a Mason again. Awesome. And, yes. <laughs> he he unconverted from his Jesuit deathbed. <sighs> Nick, uh, I have a question for you. Yeah, hit me. If, you, if you're Grandmaster, would you uh, expel George Washington from the fraternity? I would never let him in in the first place. Uh, okay, you can't do that because he's dead. So I'm just asking if you would expel him. Well, uh, that's a good question. I, I, just need a, I just need a yes or no, bro. Uh, honestly, is he paying his dues? On what grounds? <laughs> he's still dead. Lifetime member of this. I would. It, I would I would expel him because then I would – well, no, we don't want to expel him because then now we have two stories we have to hear all the time. The one about George Washington was a Mason <laughs> and then George Washington was posthumously, posthumously <laughs> removed from the fraternity. So now you have uh, two damn issues that would be presented in a lodge. That sounds horrible. As they should be because, you know. <laughs> guys, oh, I have to, guys, I have to interrupt. I have to tell you and everybody a story that happened at lodge last night. You're not going to believe me. I promise it's true. Go we were visiting it. a lodge, and they need new doors on their building. I don't know. And they said, all right, building committee, stand up, tell us about your thing. And this was two meetings ago. And and the building committee stood up and said, hey, we need doors. Uh, we got three quotes. They're all about the same price. Just depends if we want to do A or B. Worshipful master says, all right, thank you. I welcome any discussion. No discussion. A guy gets up and says, uh, Worshipful Master, I don't know, we trust him. It sounds good. Let's proceed. That was the craziest thing I've ever seen in Lodge. No discussion. Don't 14 people have to stand up and tell their non-important opinion at that point? What? And then, so, like, last night at the meeting, the Worshipful Master's like, guys, listen, you know, per our rules, we have to bring it up again. Uh, and the guy stood up and he goes, Nothing's changed. And the worst one master goes, I welcome any discussion. And they're all like, huh. And that was it. And they're like, all right, we're going to vote next meeting. Uh, does anybody have any questions? Nobody raised their hand. No discussion. It's a door. Well, there you go. See, here, here, here's a secret that I think every lodge should employ, but unfortunately some rules are too old. If you've ever heard of it, it's called the consent agenda. You send out the agenda to all the meetings, all the members before they before they get to lodge. They come in. The secretary says, "I have presented the consent agenda." The master calls for a vote. <laughs> Everyone votes, and you're done. Education. Yeah, okay. And that's it. I, it's it's beautiful. I actually we do that in my AMD council. I like it. Yes. Oh God, it's so fast. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. We. Um, what's funny is that um, so. I don't know if you were listening when Tony was making fun of me for my new roles in uh, in modern politics. But anyway, um, I am the, the chairman of a small group of politicians. And in our group, wow. that's exactly what we do in executive committee meetings. So when a group of politicians of the most long-winded variety can hold meetings like that so they can get onto things of substance, but our jurisdiction's rules will not condone a Masonic Lodge doing business like that. What? 
So apparently there's a demographic of people who are more attached to arguing over dumb things than politicians. <laughs> Those would be called Freemasons. <laughs> this is known. Yes. Um, maybe that's why so many Masons used to find their way into politics is because they they were so accustomed to that in Lodge that they thought, it doesn't matter how boring the city council is. I can handle this. Mm-hmm. You know what I do at Lodge on Thursdays? <laughs> <laughs> this is nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Masonry. <laughs> Opinions and assholes. <laughs> Man, it was the craziest thing. Say. So... Uh, so, um, you've mentioned masonry is the OG social network. I absolutely agree with you. That's mm-hmm. what we do here. Again, with the weird people, place and lodge, you have to hang out. You have to kind of like the guys that you're with. That point's fine. No, you don't. Um, I, I, that is not a requirement for liking <laughs> other guys' part. Anyway, Harley Harley likes no one. <laughs> <laughs> Some are weirder than others. Oh, I see you're part of the secret stuff. <laughs> Tell you guys to join, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, Bruce, you were Hey-o. about to say something. Uh, did you, actually, did you want to go? Yeah. I was just going to say we've already covered uh, three of Nick's six points, so let's just go on to another one. But you went ahead and went on to the uh, Masonry is the OG social network, so there we go. And we all agreed, so... Uh, who wants to wrap uh, that gavel? Except, you know what drives me nuts? And somebody was talking about it today in the uh, IRC. Oh, here we go. <sighs> you know what I just... When somebody... If I'm at Lodge, and the, the guy might be listening, and yes, I'm talking about you, but I felt this way before you did it last night. If I meet you at Lodge for the first time, do not hand me your Masonic business card. Oh, God. I'm sorry, do you want me to follow up with you? Should I have my secretary contact your secretary for a meeting? Well, actually, if it's Bruce meeting with the master of another lodge, that's exactly what goes down. They they exchange cards and then say, have your secretary call my secretary. Because this is a business, Nick. How have you been missing this the whole time? It's a terribly run business. Neither of your secretaries are remotely attractive, let alone hot. <laughs> and you know, well, actually, I'll give you the, well, uh, to be fair, yeah. I hired you before I met Nick. So, you know. I do look good in a well, shirt, though. And if you want me to give you the, the double-edged sword when it comes to the networking part, and there is one, and anybody who's got an advanced degree or any kind of professional degree knows it. It's called Bro Bono. And yeah. it's oh, when all of a sudden you've got, yeah, and they, and, and it's, it's one of those that networking is fine, you know, where it's like guys knowing each other, you know, hanging out on LinkedIn. It's the guys that come up and say, you know, you got one of them uh, law degrees, right? You know, I got this, uh, got this issue. I, you know, I don't know who to I talk to. Somebody. I don't know. Yeah, it's like you sit there and go, stop right there. No bro bono. Yeah. Call my secretary. Well, we'll set something up. It's not their professional business card. It's not like Harlan's yeah. lawyer business card. Like it's uh, Square and Compass, and it's mm-hmm. like Fastmaster. I did stuff. Uh. I know what you're talking about because I have one. Yeah. 
But Come on, that's just for the important fields. We all know it. I actually don't <laughs> use it among brothers. I use it for like when the city wants to do something with us or somebody asks about our lodge or stuff like that. And I've got like a hundred of them and I still have, I think, 76 left like five years later. So um, I, I do have them, though, if, if that makes you hate me more. <laughs> Gosh, that just drives me crazy. Uh, it doesn't have all my titles and stuff on it, though. It just says secretary. Of but look, but is it the kind where it's then, got the perforation still on it? You know, because you printed it Shut on your laser up. printer. Because you printed <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and you didn't really line up the pages, so it's kind of crooked. But you kind of yeah, cut like, so it wasn't crooked. Oh man! Yeah, no, no. These are all Vistaprint. I'm, I'm a little <laughs> professional about it. <laughs> is it the, okay, is it the free 500 Vistaprint where on the back it says this was printed at Vistaprint.com? No, yes, no, I is. never, never do that. <laughs> and I've oh, already well, used uh, up all those you're, offers. You're wasting money, Harlan. Nobody ever looks at your cards. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, you had to find out this way. Well, Josh like hangs them up on his like wall of stuff in his basement. Exactly. He's still got my city council, like one of my yard signs, like <laughs> plastered up there. It's a little creepy. Like the slogan says Harlan 2012 on it. And I'm like, Josh, but what, what is this? And then it's up next to like a bunch of Paps blue ribbon caps. And mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, he's an artist but- in his own way. Again, that's that's the socially awkward stuff that I'm talking about. Yeah. Not, well, Harlan's weird, but that's the social. Like, you got to give me your. Like, if I asked you for, oh, I'm a lawyer. Oh, you're a lawyer. I I have a question. Is there a way I could possibly talk about it with you sometime? I'll, I'll buy you dinner or something. And he goes, Oh, actually, yeah. Let me get. I don't have a card. Or if you do, hand him your card, your business card. Not a freaking. Oh, anyway. And I'd be like, Yeah, it, it's a little weird. Here. Gosh, it me. is odd. Uh, yeah. But the the pro bono thing is real, and I've experienced yeah. it on both fronts. Yeah, but, but so that interaction is sucks. based around a Masonic relationship. Why? Why? No, no why it's based it on no. It's not, it's not. It's based on free work. They want you to do something for free. It's oh, based exactly. on the fact that you're also amazing. It's based around yep. the the, the yep. fellow Masonic. Or they ask. Or they ask for the Masonic discount. Right. Right. Yes. Well, you I got totally like problem. do this for. When I first joined the lodge, I was working in IT, um, and Jason threw me right under the bus the night I was initiated. Like, hey, everybody, this is our new tech guy. And then it just went south. So then then I went to law school, and I started telling everybody, like, well, I don't really do that anymore. You'll have to call Brother Squared. He's, like, the techie guy. (laughs) Except now I get, like, all of the law stuff. Like, uh, cool. The, the grocery store refused this coupon last month. and <laughs> Because it was expired. But, yeah. and, and Bruce somehow manages to be immune to this. Because somebody's like, hey, Bruce, could you take this letter over to so-and-so while you're over there? I'm like, what like, the hell I will. Mailman over there. <laughs> put a just, yeah, on this and you federal put Federal regulation box. doesn't allow me to. Exactly. The Fed won't let me. All those stuff. I'm glad you understand, Nick. Thank you. I'd like to hire you as my attorney. Oh. Uh. <laughs> Not for free. <laughs> and I no, think it's not free. It's pro bono. Come on. Yeah, I mean, you could charge me. You know what I mean? You know, I, I voted for you to join this laws. Just remember that. But, and I think that could even morph into so this pro bono thing that you guys are talking about. 
I think that presents, and I'm curious for your guys' opinion on it, it presents another issue, is you get the lodge AC technician to fix the AC. You get the lodge electrician to do the electricity. No, no, no. no. So bro bono is, is brother to brother. Like when it's something for the lodge itself, that's just expected. And I think that's okay. Like, and, and I'm uh, going to disagree. It's kind of funny. I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to agree with Nick. <laughs> I'm going to disagree. I, Harlan, I did not see you doing that. I'm, I'm with Nick on this one. No, no surprise too. If, if it's for the lodge, it's, it's assumed that it's going to be free to the lodge. I mean, if it's not unrealistic, right? Like if, Hold on. If our lodge is in a seven-year litigation thing with somebody and it's going to take up my life for seven... Like, of course, I can't do that for free. Hold on, I got if this. our lodge is wanting to transfer one of the lots that we own... Yeah, of course, Hold you're going you're gonna to do that. Uh, you're killing hey, Nick uh, right now. Hey, uh, yeah, Harlan. Nick, Nick, will you just say whatever's on your yes. mind? Yes. Lord, give me this. <laughs> hey, Harlan, how many lawyers have you met in your life? A lot? Uh... More than I, I, I'd like to, yes. Perfect. That's exactly how I feel with some Masons I've met. You ever met a really bad lawyer? You're, I mean, I look at one every morning when I brush my teeth. But Hey-o. I'm here. I'm here. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm not here. The, the point I'm trying to make is that not, not every AC technician is the best AC technician. Some people really suck at it. Mm-hmm. And I think what happens is that causes more issues than it's worth because, and there's science to back it up, and you could ask anybody on the planet, when you do something for free or a discount or et cetera, you do it, do it uh, you provide a different quality if, unless you're going to do it for your job. Yeah, right. that's right. That's, well, I mean, that's also highly dependent on the job, though. Well, yeah. Yeah, here's, here's, my biggest, here's my biggest beef of why you don't have things done internally by uh, Masons. And part of it is the quality issue because there is a economic factor where somebody isn't going to do as hard of a job. Not, not it, it's, it's psychological. They're not going to work as hard because they valued their time differently. The other problem is actually that if you are hiring a contractor outside of the lodge, even if it's a brother, but you're hiring it out, you have remedies, you have uh, the ability to work with them to get the job done correctly and you also have the ability to bid it out. And that's the danger that you have when you have this one guy, because the one guy is essentially the sole the sole bid that you now got, and he got it, he did it for free or cost, and now you're stuck with it. You're stuck with it's a liability thing. How can you hold a guy super well, it's, liable it's, when it's a liability you know, thing, but it's it's also yeah, I mean you're not gonna tell the brother, Oh, you're out of here, you suck at this, right? You're not. You're just not gonna do it. You know? Yeah, if you have him redo the tile, the checkered floor in the lodge, right? Because he's whatever you call somebody that does tile. Art- Tyler. Art- okay. <laughs> Tyler? <laughs> a tiler? A tiler. A, t- a person who does tile. A, a tiler? Isn't that like I don't a tile know mason? A tiler. <laughs> <laughs> if you- so, for example, if you have him do the checkerboard floor because you got, I don't know, drop something, drop the candidate and it broke it, and he redid it and it was a really bad job, you're going to feel really awkward telling him, hey, bro, that was kind of a really bad job. Mm-hmm. Instead, we yep. should be like, hey, bro, do you know anybody? Mm-hmm. 
I, yeah, I was going to say Jay Mitchell in the IRC just said, uh, I'll make introductions and recommendations, but I won't do the work. And I think that's exactly the way it should be. If you have a professional there, ask them their professional opinion of who they would recommend, but don't mix the business and the pleasure. Yeah, I don't do business with family. So, yep. Exactly. I don't do it with family. And I don't, well, I have done it with brothers. Uh, I think I'm just coming from a different place because of the history of, of my lodge. That's just how our lodge is operated. Now, that being said, that's also why, if you've listened to the show, we have all of these comical stories about our old lodge hall, like the uh, the junction boxes surrounded by flammable insulation in the attic that have no caps on them. Let's, or... let's have full disclosure in your heart. Like, in absence, I'm going to throw in the full disclosure. Our lodge is poorer than most. Yes, or... Or like some of the the foundation issues because the brothers were drunk after work and poured that themselves, or um, the the fact that our fish fry kitchen attachment has this giant breaker box that controls all the deep fryers and whatnot, but it feeds off of this one one twenty amp breaker on the main box. It was more economical God. to build it that way. Or, for the fire God. suppression system that we went to have serviced, and the guy that came to service it was a brother, and he looked at us when he came back out, gave us a bunch of paper, and said, I was never here, and if you tell anyone I was here, I will kill you, and left. And then we yeah, found just, out that we've got like the super hazardous, like crazy illegal stuff. That just blows confetti out. I don't know if you ever pushed the button, but there's no fire suppression there. Well, he was, he was saying like if he had supported or if he had done anything with this, like he'd be putting his license in jeopardy unless he went through all the proper check boxes, which would be Correct. a lot of money. So right. He's like, just don't touch it. Just yep. Yeah, yeah. Don't touch it. I've never um, been sitting your lodge ever. Yeah, or, or the, uh, the the mismatched like tile that was stolen from wherever we could steal it from in in like the main part of the building. So uh, now that being okay. said, when okay. I became secretary and inherited the books, I also found the ledger that the old secretary forty years ago, when our lodge was being built, was keeping, and it ended somewhere in the mid nineties with all the stuff they'd done with the building. And our lodge was constructed, and it's a nice-looking, well, I mean, you know, it's not as grandiose as most, but it's a nice-looking building, like, when you're looking at it. It's stable and whatever. Came to a grand total of $21,500 to build this, what, what, what is our lodge, Bruce, like 5,000, 6,000 square feet? I mean, it's, I would say on the market it's worth at least a couple hundred thousand Oh well, the the PVA assessment is around like four or five. So yeah, what um, is it really? Yeah, well, we've got like empty lots and whatnot too, but uh, right, right. In, in prime residential development territory. Um, but that's been the background of my lodge since I came in, and so when you were talking about the HVAC guy, well, we have a guy that owns an HVAC company, and he is the guy that does all of our AC maintenance, and when the thing blew up. You know, he, he hooked us up. We had to pay for a unit, but it was at his cost, and he got all that running. Um, and it doesn't matter whether he's the, the best or the worst. He's he's what we got. Yeah, well, but then we had problems with it, and then we called right. him, and then he fixed them. Exactly. Um, like, it's just never been an issue, and it's always just been an expectation at our lodge 
that if you have a trade skill and the lodge itself, so your lodge, not like members of your lodge, but your lodge needs your help, that it's just expected that you're going to render it. Yes. It's just the culture that I know in masonry because it's what I was raised into. But again, <laughs> like it, it needs to be pointed out, pointed out, our lodge is much younger than most. It is mm -hmm. much less wealthy than most. Yeah, we, we're broke, dude. We're straight up broke. So, if you can't afford it, you need to raise the dues. Oh, 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 oh. So, and we walked into dues. I'm glad you said that because I was. Oh, going, here we go. Here we I, go. I missed one meeting to go to this like really big. It's like the biggest political thing in our state. It was important. I had to be there with my new obligations. So I was like, Bruce, I can't You're be at lodge. Still standing, Harlan. So I missed one meeting, <laughs> and that night, Brother Squared is calling me, and I'm at like another fundraiser, like the fifth fundraiser of the day. I'm, I'm getting really tired of making appearances at these. And so my phone rings, and normally I would be like, well, I'll call him back later, but it was an excuse for me to get out. So I was like, oh, I have to take this. So I run outside, and then he starts recounting to me the things that had happened at Lodge. Okay, hold on. What time was the call? Just so I know what the call was God, about. I don't know, like 11, okay, 11 right. 30, something like that. That's, yep, I got a good idea now. Yeah, I was out in a different time zone, so it's all squirrely. Um so yeah apparently while i'm gone like bruce just lost all control our brothers started like physically assaulting each other and setting fire to important documents and it was mayhem and it was the all about raising dues. were minimal somebody fire was contained somebody mentioned that we need to raise dues even though i had expressly told everyone to wait until we're there's enough of us there it may or may not have been me um and that started this riot about the social club and how we're stealing all of the money. And that's why the lodge doesn't have any money. So the social club is blowing it on stupid stuff like building renovations. Yeah, it somehow became the social club's fault. And so basically... Because <laughs> people get completely irrational when you start talking about adult things like bills and income. Mm -hmm. oh, like, you mean it's not because well, of... The no, it's, it's the old guys get... Like they don't understand when you try and tell them the dues we have right now, they don't cover our bills, let alone anything else we want to do. They don't cover like the electric bill, period. Jeez. And it's been that way since I joined and we raised them from 60 to $80. And that actually happened. My first meeting I attended as a master Mason was the night that they were voting on the dues increase. And I wasn't sure that my physical safety was was assured <laughs> that night. Um, We're adults here, and if yeah, if we need to be able to afford the things that we need to afford. Though, like if you can't afford repairs on the building, as an adult, if you can't pay your mortgage, do you get to keep your house? No. And if, it, if your hot water heater blows and you can't afford to fix it because you didn't budget properly. Whose fault is that? It's yours. And the same thing goes for the lodge. No, it's... it's and it's, we try making our, all these arguments, but they did, like, they just don't hear it. No, because the social club's got money to like give away scholarships and, and right. do this kitchen renovation we did. And uh, they're talking about parking lots and stuff. They got plenty of money. We don't need to raise dues. You're like, oh. oh. Yeah, but doesn't your... Uh, this thing have like a, a mission statement. This is what we're for. We yeah, are the for social this. Club is a, a separately chartered nonprofit corporation, 
and and it just happens to be like the core group of active guys at the lodge that do it. We're the ones. So those big fairs that we've been talking about on the show forever, like that's all done through our social club. We have these other events we do. Uh, the The guys on the social club, they're there because they don't want to fundraise to pay our bills. Like I've got no issue with lodges fundraising. I, I spend a lot of time with our lodge doing fundraising. But if we're going to turn around and use that to pay our bills, that just seems really unmanly. It's wrong. It, it, it's wrong. It, yeah. It's just it's requiring wrong. the Thank public you, to pay for you. It, it, essentially, yeah. the public is now paying for your fraternal activities. Yeah. It's like I we're mean, working a third job to pay the bills of the lodge. Yeah, we're okay with doing that fundraising, but it we want right. to do it to do cool stuff. Like when we want to well, do our scholarships or when we want to promote this community thing or when we want to do some really cool thing to the lodge that isn't part of the bills, right? Like the big kitchen renovation or dining room renovation, whatever. Uh, when we want to, to make the parking lot a little more safe so we don't have another Eastern star lady break her hip in a pothole. Um, our social club does that kind of stuff, right? That's what they cook the breakfast for. That's what they do all of this other stuff for. And I feel and like, we, I feel like you separate the social club from the lodge we do. We have to. Yeah, they are. They're totally different entities. And you need that social club because when I go to a lodge, I hate to say it like this, but I kind of expect to do those other things. And those other things are provided by the social club. I mean, that's part of what oh. makes masonry masonry. So it's not just all a bunch of grumpy old men arguing about, oh, what light bulb and you know what else? Like, so, let's get out and do something. Hold on. That's... Nowhere near where I was going. Yeah. I feel, and I don't. I don't know. I don't remember whatever the difference between a social club and the lodge. But in my mind, anything that the lodge does is the lodges. Yes. So. Well, so in our case, what so our social then? club is is technically chartered to do its philanthropy work and also preserve the quote historic property at our street address. Um, and believe it or not, that works legally because sometimes the law is an ass. So um, that, that is its function. Um, and it also pays rent to the lodge for the privilege of, you know, using the lodge to conduct its fundraisers and corporate meetings and whatever. So that's kind of a way to funnel money, some money, back to the lodge but it, it's been getting ridiculous in the past few years because we've just been so short on the lodge's bills that that rent payment is is getting to the point where i'm gonna have a hard time justifying it if the irs starts looking too deeply what you allow to continue will oh i know well so that's that's why bruce had to start this discussion about raising dues is the board oh, of directors what? on our social club at Damn the advice Bruce. of their general counsel. Um, For the record, that never fucking happened. <laughs> I'm sorry, Harley, go ahead. What never happened? You didn't bring it up? Starting a discussion about raising dues, no. Oh, okay, good, because I was starting to get upset because you were supposed to wait till I was there. Uh, um, no, I think my brother did it. My, like, brother, brother, brother squared. Yes. Yeah, um, it's definitely him. But he's also the chairman of the social club, correct? Uh, of the board of directors of the social club, 
And on the advice of council, when they were cutting the rent check this year and and deciding that they were going to pay way more than what a market rate for rent would be, um, I had advised that they consider putting some kind of stipulation to this. Like the lodge has to be able to pay its own bills and the social club can't keep bailing it out. But the social and club is the lodge. It's the same well, thing in my mind. And maybe I don't understand the difference. Okay. But the functions are different. It's, di it's totally different. I mean, so, they're paying let rent. Let there's the there's a mission statement. Like they're different. Let me explain no. this, this to you. It's like in a, in a, the least self-incriminating way possible. Huh. Um, the, the social club is a, a legal fiction and it's necessary to keep up certain appearances and styles of behavior to protect that legal fiction. So as to not have it associated with the lodge by state and taxing authorities, I think Whatever. that's the most... <laughs> Fine. You're talking about a word you just said. I I think Nick. I think the other Nick was the only person that was like, "Yeah, bro, that makes sense." Yeah, fiction. <laughs> well, because because Nick has run well, this thing. I mean, uh, like style of operation. I'm sure it lodges in his area. Look, so look, look. I, I, I would never like... do something like that. That sounds horribly illegal. <laughs> yeah, be careful what you say. This is kind of. You know, yeah, but it's I not a, that, on the record. The <laughs> like, if you just call one eight hundred, this is legal. And well, it used to be Stephen Colbert's or not Colbert's, whoever uh, the British guy's nighttime show. But now, now if you call, it's the uh, Lodge Social Club hotline, and it's one eight hundred. This is legal, as in, oh my god, I can't believe this is legal. Yeah. I feel like you always. At, uh, yeah, okay. I feel like you always separate the two. In my mind, it's the same damn thing. But that's a whole nother discussion. So, Harlan, here's yes. the, the so, you got in trouble. The social club is gone. The entity is dissolved. The Cayman Islands are gone. Your taxes are no longer going through <laughs> Ireland. Well, then at Whatever. that point, the lodge is Why gone. Is they can't, uh, okay. they can't pay on, their bills. Okay, Nick, hold on. In, in, hold on. Before you continue, in case you missed the point, our lodge needs our social club so as to not have to pass the hat to pay the light bill every month. Mind, do you guys mind if I do, do the Please talking thing? continue. Thank you. So we'll say the social club is gone. But your lodge continued doing all the legal things in order to make money that you guys have been doing. <clears throat> How much, in your mind, if you could set dues at your lodge, what would be the price tag per year? Oh, at our lodge? I've actually got like PowerPoint charts and whatnot. Nope, I just need a number. What? Just a number. Uh, I haven't looked at that number in a while, but it's somewhere in the neighborhood of $200. $200? Now, yes. But... There's a lot of stuff that's going into that that's not actually going to work out, and I would consider us lucky if we could just get it to $120. And I don't see that happening. No. Well, and I that's guess I. Well, and, and I guess are, are we in the dues discussion now? Is this what we're doing now? Oh yeah, I, I guess okay. Nick took so us there. I, I don't know, Nick. How all much right. time do you? Once have? again, we're balls deep uh, in it. All right. Well, if this is okay. If, okay. Wait. Wait. 
We need, we need to take a vote. This is an audio podcast. Nobody can see your timeout sign. <laughs> Nobody can see my timeout sign. How do you see it, Harlan? Except the people on IRC and us. Yes. That's okay, the people can... who I'm trying to talk about. Dear listeners, Nick just threw up the timeout sign. Nick, or please continue. Stephen. Do you want to continue down the dude's rabbit hole, or should we save this for another night? That's, that's um, the vote that I put in the chat. So I believe yes, thank that, you, but nobody was listening. I, so I, I don't think here. you need to stop the show and call it out, but all right. Yeah, no, I mean, since you did it, um, yeah, I, I, we were warned not to go down this rabbit hole again, or certain guys on IRC who know where I live would As a matter of fact, do bad things to my lawn. Nicholas well, Harvey, who said quite specifically he didn't want to talk about dues. Okay, so, if, uh, Nick, how how, that, how you feeling right now, buddy? Even I'm if we don't go off. down the dues rabbit hole, uh, we still have at least one more bullet point to hit on this thing Which encourage masons to think of leaving a legacy to the lodge freemasonry oh. is a family but even more so it requires the brothers to think of their future you can't leave a legacy if you don't have one okay well I'll let's do that this. very quickly let's, let's skip dues nick would you like to respond to that or I, uh, I we will skip I'm, for I'm, another I'm oh wait what's Nick? so what am i doing here uh, talking about point six in your blog post. Okay. Yes, uh, remembering Harlan and your will. Leaving a legacy. Sure. Freemasonry's family. Ignore Harlan, but even more so, it requires the brothers to think of the future. Sure. I. I all right. So I'm. I'm a big believer in the idea of budgeting and figuring out uh, how to get yourself to a point in life that you're not uh, borrowing money or anything else like that. That's just something I personally feel. But uh, you know. Going outside of that to that specific bold point, um, I do think that we need to start helping brothers think of legacy. And legacy, obviously, in this case, is a very specific one, meaning money. A lot of brothers actually, thankfully, uh, and this is something in my lodge, have been doing that for many, many years. We even had a church that donated to us. Um, and you know, I think it does, it does wonders. Not it, it, what it does, at least in my mind is that it is a, a brother's final stamp on the lodge saying, I appreciated the things that you did so much and what you've done for me as a person and the things that you've done for my family that I want to have you remembered as well, uh, as I enter the lodge above. And I think that's, that's something that we should do. And unfortunately, you know, sometimes a lot of jurisdictions have a big, large charity that kind of gets in the way and says, you know, money, 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 money. Remember us, you know, we're the Masonic charities, blah, 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 right? And that's kind of a problem. You know I mean? It's one of those that masonry is built from the ground up. It is a, uh, you know, to kind of flip Tip O'Neill's uh, famous quote, you know, all masonry is local. And so I think the first thing that Freemasons should do, especially as they're uh, planning out their uh, final, uh, 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 you know, the, the way in which they want to be remembered, um, the local lodge should come first before any other Masonic organization uh, gets any kind of jump in on that. Yeah, sure. Of of course, of course, we should leave stuff to our lodge to ensure the brethren moving forth have a stable foundation to continue raising the men of the next generation. Of course, I feel like there's a butt coming. But maybe if there you left is. me, if you gave, if you, I don't owe it to you. 
I don't owe it to the lodge. You have to, the lodge has to make it worth it. That's Who why even the, the church, the, 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 the name on the charter, the, yeah. the lodge the name. Lodge is you. It's just like a church. A church says, and I feel this exact same way with the D word, 10% is minimum. You can give as much as you please, and we are so grateful for every penny. But we ask 10% minimum. Or you're going to burn in hell. Well, depending on what you believe, yeah. Um, I don't know. But, in my faith, we actually have dues for church, so, you know. That's the craziest thing. Yeah, because that's totally what God was thinking. Yeah, yeah. So encourage Masons to leave a legacy to the lodge. Of course, I would love to, but the lodge has to make it worth worth it to the brethren. <clears throat> Isn't it the brethren that make it worth it? Yes, this is the the point I've been beating. Is we all like to sit around and collectively kvetch, uh, because I can't say bitch on the air about <laughs> why about all of these things that our lodge isn't doing. And we want our lodge to do, and I, I think I'm just reaching like an impasse in life. Maybe it's because I, I hit the big three zero, and and now I'm just a crotchety old man. It's I don't because know. you're coming to terms with the fact that you're an elitist, Harlan. We've yeah, that too. I admitted that on the last show, which we'll be posting eventually, uh, where I admitted that I am Harlan and I am an elitist. Um, but we we do all this kvetching. I, I've read Andrew Hammer's book, you know, when we were doing the whole traditional observance thing with my other lodge. And we all go on about these things we want to see in masonry. But nobody talks about, well, who's going to do it? But, well, my other brothers, of course. Like, clearly not me. And at some point, we, we've got to have some self-ownership about we need to do these things that we're expecting other people to do for us. Now, in, there are some stories where you're trying and your jurisdiction is actively impeding you. Um, that's a situation we've been in here in my jurisdiction for a while. Um, but the guys are making an effort, right? They're, they're trying to work around the impediments that have been put before them that say that you have to read the minutes word for word, verbatim, every meeting so that nobody can be hiding anything as if that makes sense. Um, you know, you have to exclude entered apprentices from your routine lodge stuff. And I've got a long list of my 99 theses that I nail on the door of the Grand Lodge every year. It's never got me anywhere. But um, when we talk about leaving a legacy and making it worth, the lodge has to make it worth it. I think the, the steps for that are you leave the, the damn legacy. You put the lodge in your inheritance and then you start doing things to make it worth it for the next group of guys to do the same thing. It's it's a somebody's got to start this, and us sitting around and 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 screaming about it. It feels nice. I like doing that. Please let's continue doing that. But we can't change anything unless we do it. And that that's how I got myself roped. I'm I'm gonna stop now because last week I did this and I got myself roped into something I don't have time to do and now I'm gonna do it anyway. Well, let um, me agree. Let me agree with Nick, ahead. and then, and then uh, kind of spin it around. All right. So I I absolutely believe in the concept of leaving a legacy. 
but I think it's an absolutely fair statement that a lodge needs to not necessarily earn it in, in, in the way in which we think, you know, quid pro quo, but that we, that a lodge should be expected to have a certain level of, of excellence whereby the legacy is just an addition to, you know, it's not, it shouldn't be one of those that the legacy is being paid and now things are getting better. Now we can actually afford light bulbs. Finally, uh, you know, it should be this concept that the legacy is an addition to, and you are remembering it because you would remember the same, you know, anybody else in your family, um, other than that awful cousin that you got, uh, beside the point. Uh, but, you know, you, you're constantly, you know, thinking about that, but you also are demanding a level of excellence. And just to agree with Harlan, that includes striving yourself within the lodge to push it to its absolute extreme. <clears throat> in terms of excellence so i'm gonna say ask not what your lodge can do for you but what you can do for your lodge i and don't really think that a legacy is all monetary I, I i in fact i don't think that has anything to do with it it's what you can do to actually get into your lodge and make a difference in there you know, something education you know get, bring your lodge forward do something I, I, I see it, guys guys that sounds so beautiful but that is not how lodges work one person cannot be the change, change you want to see lodge. that's correct <laughs> yes they can no i would agree with you on that point versus all the other points one person cannot change the entire lodge probably master and if they're master they can only do it for one year i'll give you a great example <laughs> Florida. Uh, so hold uh, on, you're telling me it's I, I don't not know. possible I've for seen a lot of change a lodge in a year in such a way that it can't be changed back? Or yeah. maybe a better way to word that would be it won't be changed back? I hope it's we not possible because that the reason the mason to the moon, not because it is easy, but because it is because hard. It is hard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, seriously. So the uh, the there's a huge discussion in the Knights Templar down here of uniforms versus cap and mantles the current grand commander says uniforms the next guy in line says cap or er, says uniforms the guy after him says guys that's dumb that's how we're losing people cap and mantle when i'm when i'm grand commander the guy after him says that's dumb we're going back to uniforms okay stop but i'm not talking about changing the way things are done for that year i'm talking about changing the crafts mind about the way things are done sure if you could do that i will help you write whatever you need to in order to do it but i just don't but like J, uh, jason mitchell said uh he said it's not the lodge's job to make it worth it it's your job to do so and i don't necessarily agree with that because i could do a great job i could introduce myself to everybody that walks into the door i could be the candidate instructor I could make sure everybody has a great experience. You could do everything in the world, but it's not about you. It's about the lodge. But if the lodge doesn't want to do it, you guys are talking about That's it now. That's on you. you. <laughs> it's, it's, it's on Holy the God. entire lodge. Bruce, well, how many nights are you aware of that I have set at lodge late at night alone? <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, I was already gone, so yeah. 
No, when we uh, we started, when we were first in the the after lodge thing, um, and it wasn't sticking right away. There were sometimes it was just me for for an extra hour. Somebody would wander back from the bar occasionally. Um, sometimes it was someone else or or just two of us. But it it, it did start with just one or two guys. Okay. And the culture that made our lodge great as it is really did just start with just a couple guys that said, okay, we're doing this. So one man can do it. Of course. Of course. One man can change the entire course of history for a lodge. But more often than not, it's a young guy with a good idea that raises his hand and gets shut down by the 40, well, not 45, let's, I mean, let's be clear, it's like 20 people, by the 20 people that sit there and say, no, we don't do that, we haven't done that. I've okay. seen that time and time again. I've seen the guys in the IRC. One guy said that he tried to introduce uh, uh, but education just, at this lodge. Just because you're not wrong, Nick, doesn't mean that's the way it should be. And that, like, I'm, I'm not going to discourage that guy who has those feelings. I agree. I totally agree. Okay. But we can't sit there and say well, you can be the change. You it starts with he you. Can. It starts with you. He can be the change. Yes. We had the same thing in, in our lodge, and I'm I'm watching the same story unfold actually in a nearby lodge. It's it's quite beautiful to watch them suffer the same way we did. But we had we <laughs> had that John Freud. We had the German old thing. Guard. Every lodge has the old guard that's afraid of change. Um, the thing about the old guard is they they eventually let go either by choice or necessity. And and sometimes it's that ridiculous persistence. It becomes a question of not how much is your lodge worth to you right now, but how much is the idea of what your lodge can be worth to you? And, and that answers the question of how much of your time and heartache is it worth to make it go in that direction? That is a phenomenal way to word it. Because if you were asking how much my lodge was worth to me when I joined it, I would point you to the fact that I, I started immediately after being raised visiting a nearby lodge because I was pretty sure mine was closing. And, <laughs> um, those guys still call every now and again and be like, hey, why don't you come anymore? Uh, but, but anyway... You're like, bitch, listen to the podcast. It wasn't worth... It wasn't worth the the petition fees and initiation fees, let alone you know the sixty or eighty dollars a year at the time, because it really was that cliche lodge with three or four guys arguing about postage bills and we can't pay the lights and pass the hat. We don't have enough to pay the light bill. Pass the hat again. Um, just raise the dues. That that was that was every meeting. That was all we did. <clears throat> And then Tony came along and said, hey, guys, why don't we like do some other stuff and got caterwauled, um, as you mentioned, and shut down. We can't do that. We've never done that before. Um, but Tony had the luxury of being the senior warden to an absentee master. So he just said, no, we're doing it. Um, and we, we did this cookout thing for the city. We cooked some food. And, and it was a small amount of philanthropy. But it turned out the guys really liked doing that. Um, he brought in some guest speakers 
I mean, yeah, granted, it was twice, like, in the whole year. But he did it, and, and that kind of stuff stuck. And the younger guys that were coming in when Tony was master, because every lodge has younger guys that are coming in all the time. They may not even make it to initiation before they leave, but but they're interested. Um, well, those guys started sticking around, and and it, the change was slow, but sure. And, and that's how we got to where we are. The whole reason we started this podcast was to tell other people that you can do this. Of course. Uh, sorry, I'm browsing the IRC because somebody said my name. Of course. And I, I want everybody, and I will stand behind you, and I will vote for you for whatever you want to do. But there has to be real expectations. You're going to get kickback. And sometimes, just like uh, somebody mentioned in the IRC, the only answer is to just change lodges or be as crazy as to start your own lodge, which is oh, what uh, yeah, that, that, yeah, that was me. I, I'm actually writing a blog post about that uh, <laughs> coming up soon. It's called oh, yeah? Market-Based Freemasonry. And oh, that's cool. Actually, well, Three Distinct Knox is talking about that too. <laughs> yeah, and essentially, it's, it, yeah, and so we're going to... This isn't a contest. I, I, what was yeah, that podcast, it was, we Nick? Went, Three distinct well, what's that podcast? Like it. <laughs> yeah, it's not a contest because we would win. I'm just saying. Anyway, back <laughs> I don't think we're playing the competition anymore. So, of course. Well, it's not a competition because we'd win. But, mm. <laughs> but anyway, no, you're I beg marketing. To differ. Do you know who this guy was, Nick? Do, do you know like what he did before he retired? I knew he was on TMR. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what a loser. Jim. What is... <laughs> he was Just wait till you see his business card. Yes. Oh, man. Is it, is it like well, Jason I don't, Mitchell's? I don't even do a business card. Mine actually is just like Jason Mitchell's. It says a website, and then you go to it. <laughs> it's a scroll. <laughs> Which is how it should be. I wish we could all yeah. have websites. Actually, I wish it's I had all of, of Jason's things. Jason has titles for stuff that I'm, I always wonder if he has stuff that doesn't exist, and he's like, "Yeah, that sounds good. Let's see if anybody ever asks for it." Nobody will even know. Scrolling through eBay, like, my, yeah. my favorite one that I have is the Holy Royal Arch Knight Templar Priest because it just sounds like a really, really bad hairband. You know, it's like, "Who are you, the Holy Royal Arch Knight Templar Priest?" Well, <laughs> uh, you know, not a big deal. Just you know, just when I joined the Holy Royal Arch Knight Templar Priest, you know, I mean, everybody does. Oh, you're oh, you're not yeah. a member. Oh, oh that sounds weird. like a church. Song. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then we call ourselves the Holy Rollers, so there you go. That's, yeah, that's not terrible. the kind of church I Where was I talking about. But, yeah, anyway. exactly. All right, uh, fellas. It is after 11 o'clock. Harlan, um, how, how do you feel about proceeding to uh, end this show? Uh, I don't feel too bad, unless uh, I thought, uh, Nick, did you have anything else that you wanted to, uh, to share? Is this part one of part two? Yes, uh, that's, that's my question. Yes, so part one of part two. I can hold off for next uh, next time. Yes. Yeah. I, I I don't actually know what's happening right now. So yeah, that that sounds yeah. good. Yeah, I want to check off the class. Uh, conclude here, and then we'll do part two of two next week. Yes, sounds good. Does that sound good to everyone. Awesome. Fantastic. It all sounds sounds good to me. Uh, just Nick, here. we are super thrilled to have you on. So is Harlan, despite the fact that he will never say that. Not you, other Nick. <laughs> uh, <we'd> Former <laughs> podcast celebrity. <laughs> yes. 
Uh, no, now you're current. As of right now, it, you are current. You know, it, the the mean, IRC channel that. says so. Wait, like we saying, promise. You know, I'm in one movie a year. I'm in. It's just exactly. like SAG. SAG That's all it takes. There you go. Wait, we promised our audience something. What did we promise them? Why he left TMR. Uh, I it's think maybe stay tuned next week. Should uh, yes. stay in suspense until part next two, week. Of two, which will be next week when uh, we will have Nick Johnson back. That is the Millennial Freemason dot com for part two of two. Yes. Stay tuned, everyone. Hey, Nick. You remember the first time Jason missed a podcast and we had you on to fill in that for him? That was so awesome. Yeah, I love we that did save so it. Much. What number was that? Times, <laughs> Harlan, yeah. what number was that? I I don't remember. I just remember the fond expression uh, of his face when we told ago. him yeah. what we did that Sunday yeah. without him. That was awesome. Yeah. If he was even bummed out, he was sending me. I think he sent me a message going, "Oh man." Yes. <laughs> Incredulous is is the the best word I could use to to describe his reaction when we told him. So those are good times. Uh, I bring that up to illustrate that uh, Nick's been a, a longtime friend of the show and to echo Bruce's sentiments of it's been good to have you back. And I, I guess it sounds like we'll be having you back again next week to uh, finish this up. Yeah. So, you know, I, and, and, you know, I, I can't wait until we talk about the increase of dues to the amount of, all right, thanks for listening to episode 173 of the After Lodge podcast. Brought to you from the cool, overlaid, um, whatever other adjectives I can come up with, Google Hangout. Uh, we will see you all again next week for part two of our discussion with Nick Johnson, the Millennial Freemason. You can find the show notes. Oh, .com, yes. Is that part of the name? You are the Millennial Freemason dot com. Millennial Freemason. Millennial Freemason. Like Kim dot com. It's like Nick. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it was funny before I started saying it. Uh, you can find the show notes for this or any previously published episode at www.afterlodge.com. You can find us on Facebook at After Lodge because you know other Nick, who's not the Millennial, although he's a Millennial. It's it's all confusing. There's too many Nicks. Uh, is is driving that uh, that Facebook goodness for us? You can find us on uh, on IRC at irc.snoonet.org, pound sign Freemasonry, where you can find the link to the live stream every week, as well as all of the other fun conversations that happen in there, um, as well as a lot of uh, dead ducks and also other things with ducks that are unspeakable. If you haven't been to IRC, come to IRC, check out the Ducks and the Brothers. Uh, you can find us on iTunes and the Google Play Music Store, Stitcher, G Potter, whatever other podcast things I'm leaving out. Uh, leave us some reviews, spread the word about us. Uh, we like to hear those things, uh, even if they're bad, right? It means at least somebody noticed us. And of course, the best place to find us, as always, is on the Freemasonry and After Lodge subreddits. So until next week, brothers, we'll see you for part. Wait, two. wait, wait! How much should we charge for the degrees? Shut up, dude! Not enough. Please don't.
state your name for the record? Chadwick Merriweather Hardy. The third. Can I get back to you with that? Look at the way they dress. They have a horrible fashion sense. Isn't it true that the accused treated you like a dog? Mr. Foreman, has the jury reached a verdict? We have, Your Honor. We find the defendants. <laughs>